0: All right, fellas, Motown rundown, and I guess lady fellas too. So I don't mean to discriminate here, right off the bat on the podcast. It's March third. I don't know how we got to March, but March is madness.
1: Can I say this kind of this kind of stinks going back to the Zoom platform because last week it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And it feels like it's been like oh, forever since we've. I think gone. it has
2: been three weeks because we took like a week off basically for last episode.
1: Right. Sunday to Sunday, plus, yeah, what, three days? I what, What's called? I think
2: we're going to start recording on Wednesdays. Is that what we said?
1: Fine with me. Yeah, I guess. we.
0: I, well, we, we always talk about it. And yeah, but we should let the listeners know. I think we're a little inconsistency with our choice oh, ex- Well, we're extremely inconsistent. It just comes out when it comes out. But, no, we can do Wednesday. I know you always – I feel like every week you're like, hey, let's start recording on a Wednesday. And you have some rationale behind it that makes sense, but I just always forget what it is.
2: I just say because since the Lions are playing, you usually, if you record on Monday, you miss a big chunk of the Red ones Pistons, and all that stuff.
0: That's fair. I'll allow it. So, okay. uh, Wednesday oh, recording, episodes. Thursday posting.
1: New episodes every Thursday. Book it.
0: Yeah, good. All right. Well, cool. Um, Collins, how are we looking as far as Michigan State basketball? Talk to me. I don't know.
2: I think they got to win one out of the really? next three. And they'll no, probably be in the win, tournament. Yeah. They don't have to beat Michigan. I would thoroughly enjoy it. But if anyone listened to Tom Izzo's post game presser yesterday, I don't think he has very much confidence that that's going to happen. <laughs> Did you listen to that, TV? Yeah. I was like, I was like, boo freaking who? These guys have played seven basketball games in like 15 days. Like, cool, dude. I don't,
1: no one cares. He, he had a great quote. He was like, yeah, I think I'm going to call Magic Johnson and ask him how he used to get up to play the Celtics and fly across the country after one day of rest because we got to go play Michigan twice in three days or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know, man. Look, Michigan's great. They're number two in the country now, obviously, but they lost to Illinois. So What's a-, a win versus Michigan puts you into the tournament, bar none. I don't care if you're yeah. like 30 the next one. And then Did a, a loss- two losses to Michigan doesn't really mean anything either because. Yeah. They're not going to hold it against the Spartans, so.
2: I mean, what's it called? Piston – I mean, I sorry, I had Piston's on my eyes I was just watching the game. But Michigan State, like, wins one of two. Like, they're a nine seed almost. I Like, you almost jump like a seed or two line because Michigan is such a superior win this year. It sucks how good Michigan is at basketball this year. It, like, it, it really does. Because yeah. if you watch them, like, they're – you can be like you, you try and poke holes. Not a lot of holes to poke there, because they're really good defensively and really good offensively. But maybe Illinois found the formula. But I don't know. I miss you say it's all Aaron Henry, though. Literally all Aaron Henry. It's incredible. Hey,
1: you know what? You know what? Shout out Luke Sloan, friend of the pod. Luke Sloan always says that the Spartans go as Gabe Brown goes. And I think he's I think he's right.
2: Yeah. Dave Brown's been really good. Like he's helped them out and had a couple of really big shots. But like, if you want, like, Aaron Henry did not play good against Maryland. They lost. Yeah. Like Aaron Henry has to have like he scored what the last twelve points of the yeah. game yesterday. So I, I mean, I don't know.
1: Her role the point
2: guard place sucks right now. It's so intense.
1: I just. I'm not a whole guard guy. I'm going to, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a whole guard guy. He's going to. you rather gonna, have Rocket out there? Yes, because he's just better at basketball than AJ Hogard is. I don't know. I,
2: they're they both pretty solid defensively. And like, Izzo's like complaining. He's like, Lane first playing all these minutes. I'm like, you could play Rocket. Like, you, you know, you don't <laughs> have to like sit him every two seconds he makes a mistake. Like, you could right. let him play through it a little bit. But I don't know. We'll see you tomorrow. I think. The lines say 13. I think it would be closer than that. But, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they got one other than do. It's hard to beat a team twice in, like, four days.
0: Yeah. It is. Collins, Collins were you allowed uh, back inside since State lost to Mar- – I shouldn't say lost. They got throttled by Maryland. Were you allowed to sit back inside now? No, I did not. I, what's it called? So, on Sunday, I
2: wasn't feeling too hot. So uh-huh. – What's it called? And it was kind of nice here on Sunday, so we all decided to watch it on our like porch. So we watched it on my porch, and they lost. So I obviously and when they played yesterday against Indiana, I I moved back to my spot on the windowsill. Mm -hmm. So from that same spot, I'm four and zero. But outside, Ryan Collins is four and one right now, which is better than what it was before. So I'll continue to be watching the games outside.
0: That's good. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Our hero. Um. All right. Let's break into the sports news today from the city. You are right, Rabs?
2: I. What's it? Sounds like you
0: had a long day.
1: You know, I did. uh,
0: I I did have a long
2: day.
1: Will you? Will you first tell us why today is special, so 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 our listeners can maybe get a little smile out of it or something. Well, every first of all, every day is
0: a gift. Every day's special. Second of all, it's lovely. It, it is my it is my mom's birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy to my birthday, mom. Mrs. Rabinowitz. She is she is turning 40 today for the 10th plus consecutive year in a row. <laughs> um, good meal. Good meal tonight. Diamond Jim Brady's. I'll tell you what, we had a cake from uh, we had a cake from Cantoro's. Not sure if you guys are familiar with it. And I know we don't give out free ads on this podcast, but if there's one place that deserves free ads, other than Crunchies, it would be Cantoros in my book. I, Rabs, think, I, 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 I
1: didn't say no free ads like 10 times an episode, but it's awesome. Yeah, for
2: sure. But what's the draw? I have a question for both of you. Yes.
1: I, on the topic of birthdays,
2: my birthday – I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this in the pod Pull so like everyone who listens it to it like just sends me a birthday shout-out. You know? yeah. But what's the draw? My birthday is on March 16th. I personally think that is the best time to have your birthday. Because you get you get selection Sunday and then you get March Madness and then you got your birthday kind of sandwich in between. What what month and time do you think is the best to have your birthday? Because I I when when people are like when's the worst birthday? I think it's like arguably if your birthday's right next to Christmas, like that stinks because you're getting one and two every year and right. like yeah it, it's like you can't go off for you know what I mean. So what do you think is, like, the best time to have your birthday? I think I might have the best time to have your birthday.
1: Collins, as a sports fan, I think you do 1,000% because it's also – it's just the best, like, I I think selfishly about what I love and stuff and, like, the NBA playoffs and everything. Like, that all is just starting as your birthday comes up, which is awesome. So I would say that – I would agree with you. I, I would say other than that, though, I love, like, late April, early May. That's just a great time of the year for me. Yeah, but but I will say this. I will say this. Also, just having a summer birthday—that's awesome too. People, I was just say Fourth of like, July is a heavy second favorite in my book. Yeah, that, that's, that's a Fourth. That's a. That good was day.
0: mine. Damn, dude! Come on, I didn't get a but, chance. Well,
1: listen, if if your birthday's in the summer, you can do so much for your birthday. All the people that are like, yeah, but you know, growing up, you didn't get to see your friends in school anymore. I'm like, crime your. That's a ready. good
2: point, though. It's but, like but, you're not going
1: yeah, I don't know though. That's no, no. Long. You would never say that about work. You'd never be like, "Oh, I, I don't get to see my coworkers at work on my yeah, birthday." But, no, but
2: what's it called? That's like a good big point when you're like little and you have those little birthday parties.
1: That's
0: true.
2: It is. I think the summer aspect of it's even better because you don't see your little buddies. And then you, you're all getting back together at the bowling alley for, yes. like, a bowling party. And you're and someone's chucking, like, the eight ball in the other lane. The guy's coming <laughs> out, like, to, like, yell at the mom in charge. And then the mom's, like, scolding that guy. But, like, yeah. I don't know. Summer birthday or,
1: like, spring birthday? Fall.
2: I Like, I don't even know if I, like, fall as a
1: birthday. There's I have too much a- going on. What? I, I have a fall birthday. I enjoy it because it goes – in one swift stroke, it goes Halloween, my birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, which is good, but I think I'd rather have yours, Collins. I like. I think winter.
2: It, it, I think fall, summer, and spring are all fine. Winter is just you can't have. A, winter birthdays
0: are just not good.
1: <laughs> Ralph, you have a take. Oh, Would my you agree take is well, oh, my birthday. Uh, well, I mean,
0: I, I I at least have a little bit of a buffer zone coming out from Christmas on the 25th of December, and then my birthday's on January 9th. I will say for me. Back to kind of your point, Trent. I think you go like Thanksgiving on the twenty fifth. A month later, you have Christmas. Then you go New Year's Eve. Then my birthday. That's a hell of a sweep, too. No, that's a that's a murderer's row. That's a that- <laughs> murderer's row. July fourth, dude. July fourth weekend. No one's working. Everyone's like, like you probably. I don't know. Kids aren't in school. You can go up to the lake if you live here in Michigan. A, you got a million families up there that like you haven't seen in a while. Everyone's asking you questions about like who you're dating and whatnot. What are you doing for work? And everyone's just pickled the entire time, absolutely waffled. You gotta be yeah, What's time,
2: it called? Right. Revs. You're kind of right though. You got that murder's row, but then you got like nine months to look forward to nothing.
0: Oh, trust me, dude. I know. I live it every day. Genu- okay. January. Okay, you got
2: stuff to look for. Other than sports, you have nothing. Like on a personal. <laughs> <level>. <laughs> Other
0: than sports, I have nothing to look forward to in my life on a person. I mean, I don't Do you. To, it's a I don't know. It's a I
2: guess it's a pretty good way to put it. I never really do you wake up it, and you're though. like, no what? I can't other than food and sports, I don't think I wake up and look forward to things. Other than those two
0: things. I don't know. Just just I just have this innate zest for life. I'm just extremely happy to be here.
2: As yes, you please- say that in your most monotone of her. Like two years.
1: Yeah, zest for life. Rabs, I got to tell you this real quick because Collins mentioned that food gets him excited. Uh, Collins has been eating kettle corn for like weeks, and he didn't know it was kettle corn.
0: What did you think it was? Thought it was I thought it was popcorn. I and mean, then I there's... guess it's a form of popcorn.
1: Yes. But no, but what's it called? Completely different.
2: This is Orville Redenbacher, or, like kettle corn, whatever. I got like the Smart Pop. Is it like those little bags are like 100 calories. Yeah. Good, good little snack when I'm but trying
0: you, not to. crush six of them, so it doesn't. Even yeah, yeah,
2: so it doesn't really matter. I have them like every night, so it doesn't even matter at all. Sets, but um, I'm like, I mean, my buddies are having this conversation. We're like, you know what I think I like regular popcorn better. And they're like, no, I like kettle corn better. And I'm like, nah, dude, I've been crushing these like regular popcorn ones, and they're they're way better than kettle corn. And I open up the cabinet. My buddies said, like, dude, you realize you're eating kettle corn? And I'm like, oh, dang it just I, I just like argued for an hour to look like a complete idiot.
0: Dude, <laughs> kettle corn, kettle corn like at a farmer's market. When kettle oh. corn's
2: done right, it's yeah. fantastic. Holy shit. Yeah. Out of control. Yeah.
1: Anyways, the food hour is over, so we can actually Well talk good, about-
0: yeah. Um yeah, we can talk about sports, I guess. Here's the first the first piece of news that I I mean like it it's a little quick hit here. Um Lions one year, what was the pay? Like four and a half million or something, something like oh, that.
1: Six million. Six million dicks? Hell. it was.
0: All right. Well, Lions signed Ty- Tyrell, right? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Tyrell, Tyrell, six, whatever. Six
1: point two, six point two million dollars.
0: Tyrell Williams, wide receiver. Um played most recently for the Raiders. Am I correct on that? Yeah. You are correct on that. Um, so, and, and Trent, you were kind of saying, or I, I don't, one of you guys was saying before the show that that might be an indication that that signing might uh, get Kenny Galladay out of town, just for the sake of the fact that I think Tyrell Williams is a pretty significant deep threat. Um, I think when you signed Geronimo Allison last year before he opted out of the entire season because of COVID, No judgment here, but whatever. Um, That's kind of the role that you wanted him to play a bit, I guess, alongside Kenny Galladay. Tyrell Williams, I think, has a bit more to his game, Um, versatility wise. I feel like he missed a lot of games last year because of injuries. Am I correct on that? I'm pretty sure he missed like the whole season. I'm being serious. I think he might have tore his ACL or something. Yeah. So that, I mean, he was awesome the year before, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think he's got a lot of versatility to his game. He's definitely an, an offensive threat. And we talk all the time about, You need playmakers. You need guys that have some speed that can go out and get separation and go get the ball. He's one of those guys. So one year, six million dollars. You take a flyer on a guy and I'm sure he'll give you some some awesome production. Um, But but I guess the bigger question here now is back to that point about Kenny Galladay. Do you think that this now means that Kenny Galladay's time in Detroit is done? I don't. I, I, I think, Collins, you say it all the time. And I agree. You have to franchise tag the guy. I don't care. I don't really care as much if you don't sign the guy long-term. I get it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, he had an injury-shortened season last year. I'd at least like to see you give the guy the money that he's due for one more year and give it a go and see if you can you can monitor his play this year. And if Brad Holmes feels like he's a part of the future, then give him a deal if you feel like he's worth all that money. I personally think the more I, the more I think about it, to pay a wide receiver the kind of money that Kenny Galladay wants. He ain't DeAndre Hopkins. uh, I'll tell you that right now. He doesn't deserve that kind of money, but if he thinks he does, I mean, there's a team out there that's going to pay him. I just don't want it to be the Lions, but bring him back. I'm glad. I mean, Tyrell Williams is a pretty, pretty solid start um, as far as trying to get some playmakers on offense that I would call a pretty significant weapon in my eyes. Well,
1: look, the, the counts go for it.
2: No, you know, you know. I I my point's not my my I'm just going to say this, you said E what Rav said like you can have that opinion I personally think that he should be signed long term cuz I think he's really good. But um you just can't lose an asset for nothing. And that's what you're doing if you just let him walk. So, you got to tag him and then maybe you figure out a way where you can sign him and then there's not really signed trades I guess in the NFL like there is in the NBA, but you just have to figure a way out to make the most out of your asset especially I don't know what the Lions roster and what their intentions are this year it seems like they're gonna go through a kind of a big rebuilding process and that's two years so I, I just don't lose the asset like make sure you're able to like get a second or a third or something out of it don't let them walk for nothing I know I'm pretty sure if you walked, they would get a tom- compensatory pick I could be wrong but like still
1: so I, Collins, that's a fantastic point because that's very important to keep in mind. Kenny Galladay was, you know, for the last two, three years, a top three player on your team, talent-wise, and just production-wise, really, too. Uh, you know, I always argued over the season that Marvin Jones was better. A lot of that just had to do with that Kenny wasn't available and he wasn't, you know, trustworthy in, in, in big moments and stuff like that, Stafford through to Marvin Jones. Now, obviously, you know, Dan Campbell getting a six-year deal, pretty much tells you all you need to know. Collins, you nailed it. It's going to be a long rebuild process. And Kenny Galladay is 27 years old. I'm not saying that's like, you know, because I made the same argument with Marvin Jones that age is a number as he's 31. Uh, I wanted to bring him back. So I'm kind of against the idea of bringing him back long-term. I definitely think you got to tag him because I just think the, the franchise tag is literally made for situations like this when you got a guy who missed 10 games in the, in the season prior, but you know he's good, but he's in a contract year and he might be a little old. But ultimately, when you look at the Lions roster right now, it's like the, the, the receivers are Quintez Cephas and like, that's it. That's the list. It's weird. You know, they cut Marvin Hall towards the end of last season. Marvin Jones is not coming back. There's no way he wants to get paid and he wants to go play for a contender. So that's not happening. I don't see the Lions bringing back Danny Amendola unless it's for Thank dirt God, cheap. unless it's for dirt cheap. They're not going to bring him back. What are they going to sign up for? So, and take more shirtless pictures?
0: No, dude, there's no, I don't care how much it costs you. There's no, there's no reason well, to bring him especially,
1: back. Especially since the only thing that kept him here was really his patriot ties. Let's be honest. He wasn't extremely productive in the slot. So, it was just the fact that we had Quinn and Patricia running the show. I hate mentioning those guys' names, by the way, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Tyrell <laughs> Williams, he's, he's a pretty solid, he's a pretty, pretty solid, deep guy. Like you guys said. I'm fine with the signing. It's a, it's a proven deal. There's no hiding that it's only one year, 6 million seems a little much, but Collins, you mentioned he was really good the last time he was on the field. So you just got to go with, you got to go with your gut. And the last thing I'll say with this here is Kenny Galladay. Well, I would like to bring him back. I don't want to bring him back extremely long term. I'm thinking like a three-year deal or something like that, but I don't think he's going to take that. And I do think he could get better deals elsewhere. The lions should tag him. But I can tell you right now, I, I, I what I see happening is they're going to tag Romeo Okwara and let Galladay walk. And Collins, you're right. It makes me sick because you could get something for Galladay if you tag and trade him, which I've heard is a possibility. But the other thing is just with, with Galladay, I'm not quite sure if I'm and, – and this is just me being a Stafford apologist stroker, even though he's gone. I don't know how effective Kenny Galladay would be with a guy like Jared Goff. I just don't, a game manager, I just, I don't really trust that. Plus that doesn't seem like part of the winning formula right now. Anyways, bottom line is I, I would rather tag Kenny than sign him long-term. And, and if neither of those are on the table, then I'd rather just sign him like a two or three year deal, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Brad Holmes mentioned like in a presser this week that we're going to know pretty soon what the uh, idea is on Kenny, the, the deadline to tag him is on uh, Tuesday. So we're going to find out within the next week what they're doing with Kenny Galladay. If they don't tag him, I don't think he's coming back.
0: Well, I there. think the other thing too, is like uh, Tyrell Williams to me, like that's a, that's a pretty decent name. I mean, aside from like, forget the Kenny Galladay stuff. Like that's a, that's a pretty solid signing. If I, if I do say so myself, but I think a lot of it too, I just don't know the direction of where they want to go. Are they looking at a wide receiver to take at seven? Um, well, I, the,
1: that's the only thing that's a high possibility, really.
0: Yeah, so I have to imagine in the first two rounds they'll 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 try to grab a uh, a wide receiver, but we'll, but we'll see. Um, as you said, Trent, good point with the deadline being Tuesday to tag Kenny Galladay. I would have to agree too. I, it doesn't sound like there's a there's this big deal in the works right now with Brad Holmes and Kenny Galladay's camp. So um, we'll see. But that's your little bit of Lions news. Um, the Pistons are playing right now. Uh, last time I checked, and this winning. is even they're winning It is 9 o'clock here on a Wednesday. Um, playing the Toronto Raptors on the road. Um, they do play again tomorrow, which will be Thursday, um, in New York against the Knicks. 9-25 um, and 25 right now for the Pistons. Um, what do we got, guys? How are we feeling? How are we looking? I mean, what's it called? I think the one Piston topic we can talk about. I mean,
2: Sadiq Bay gets kind of snubbed from the – young guns game whatever are they even playing that or is that just a roster
1: I really don't know I saw that this morning and I was confused too because I'm like if they're playing I didn't even
2: know they're playing that I thought they pointless.
1: weren't yeah it's extremely pointless if they are playing I think it's just an honorary thing but I could be wrong
2: but whatever that and then Dwayne Casey comes out with the quote and said people better be getting their lips now because in two to three years this team's to be really good so I mean love it do you believe that though, TB? That's yeah, what I wanted to I do, mention.
1: And you know, you know what? Can I can I tell you a big reason why, Collins? Saban Lee. And I'm not, I'm not gonna act like it's the I'm Duke. a
2: Saban Lee guy. You know this.
1: This dude out of Vanderbilt has been arguably, I mean, Sadiq Bay's been your best rookie, but Saban Lee's been right there, man. I mean, they, they talk about I I think it was Wayne Ellington who talked about, or Mason Plumley was one of those guys. They say, you know, when he's in practice. He, you know, does his thing, and he, but he doesn't really stand out. You know, like he's just doing his thing. But as soon as they play games and they hit the game floor, he takes it to another level. And I know that's just that's just player talk. They're gassing each other up and stuff. But that kind of intangible is is you know that's huge. And in this season, the biggest disappointment thus far has has been you know undoubtedly Killian Hayes getting hurt, and you not really being able to see what you got there when you spent the number seven overall pick on him. Um, but Saban Lee has been fantastic he's been better than Dennis Smith Jr. so far so you kind of look at him now you know uh, two weeks ago I was talking about how Dennis Smith Jr. has just as good a chance to become your future point guard as Killian Hayes does but now I think you've got to look at Saban Lee like you found something here in the second round and other than that I've just I've really been impressed with Isaiah Stewart that's nothing new I do I do really think Collins in two or three years this team's going to be good I told you last last week or two weeks ago I think it was Jeremy Grant's contract year, I think this team is competing for like a five-six seed. Like I think okay. I think That's they're fair. right there, like middle to the bottom of the east. Because, you know, I think you get, you know, a top three pick this season. And then, you know, next season you're still lottery, but not bottom of the barrel. You know, you're probably like a top 10 pick. And then the year after that, your at your younger assets are aged enough to the point where you are competing. And and maybe you sign a few other veterans and you just have a good enough roster to the point where you're competing. Dwayne Casey's also a fantastic coach. I've got my gripes here and there, but you know, I, I saw some odds. Like he's, he has the third best odds right now to get fired mid season. I don't buy it whatsoever. Like I've got my gripes. Yeah. I'd like to see Seku play a little more. And I saw the quote this week about, you know, Dwayne Casey saying, Oh, if there was a G league this season, he would get a lot of run there and that would help balance out his minutes. No, he's got to play, but that's my only gripe there. Other than that, Dwayne Casey's here for the long haul. He seems bought in on these young guys. He seems bought in. On this rebuild. So I and, and and Troy Weaver so far looks like a genius. So for all three of those reasons, I do think the pistons are going to be good in two to three years, but I've been extremely impressed lately with Saban Lee. That's the biggest thing for me.
2: Okay, I agree. Saban Lee's been a nice piece. I I don't know if I said this, but I like general reaction on these three rookies that have played, like Isaiah Stewart, uh Sadiq Bey, Saban Lee, they're all to play in NBA for at least six years, at yeah. least. Barring it, like maybe an injury happens to one of them, but like they're all really like they're playable guys. And I think Sadiq Bay could be a three on a very good team. Like that's how impressed I've been with Sadiq You, know, you,
1: you like, did say that, Collins. Hats off because you said that I think before – right before he dropped 30 on the Celtics. That was kind of his coming out party. and People were yeah. like, oh, he went seven for seven from deep and the whole league knew who he was. And he won Eastern Conference player of the week, not rookie, player. So I just want to. Like, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, I think he can be your number three score on a championship team. Yeah,
2: but I I don't know about championship. I I think really good. And the pro, I mean, with the guy who comes out of has played. I, I don't know. He played two years, I believe. I know maybe three. He's more of a finished product than these other guys. So maybe his ceiling might be just a little bit lower than these other guys. But he's just good. Like if you watch it, like he's good. He he plays with a lot of confidence for a rookie, which is like hard to do in the NBA. I think it's a one sport where. Like, if you lose your confidence, like it's almost over. It doesn't even matter what your talent level is. And you haven't seen it. I think it all depends in two to three years. We talked about how they need good draft luck if they want good draft luck if they want to take the next step, getting a Mobley or Cunningham or whatever. By the way, Bill Simmons, Tate Cunningham is really good. Tune in and watch him, actually, more than one game, and you'll understand what Tony Cunningham is. But whatever, Bill. Just keep watching the NBA and complaining about it. But um, uh, I'll just – it's just like, is Killian Hayes going to be good? Because he, he has to be good if they're going to take another step in the rebuild. So it just depends on their draft look. Uh, I, and, and, TB, we talked about this, I think, last week. I, I could see it, like his last year, their contract year, that they're competing for like a six or seven seed. Like I could because this East is weak. But, I, I mean, other than that, and to Dwayne Casey's point, he seems like a, a – almost not like a guardy thing. He I feel like he's going to get fired in one of the next two years. Maybe not fired, just like step away, just randomly. I have a feeling something like that's going to happen because, I mean, he seems all in now, but he, there's some weird things that like I feel like have gone on the last two years. Just when he signed on, I think he was expecting for this team to maybe not be like a title contender, maybe not even like an Eastern Conference final contender but a team that could possibly win playoff series yeah, with well, Blake he, and Andre. And now that it's a job, rebuild – I didn't I d-
1: expect this when he took the job.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't know. We'll see.
1: No, that's that's a great point, Collins, because Dwayne Casey, a lot of times with these older – you know, you saw with John Beeline, really, uh, in the Cavaliers, obviously he had a whole different issue. But just the players didn't really like him from the jump because he's, he's playing the vets a little bit more. Because these guys who are like proven coaches – they don't want to lose. Like, and I know that sounds like the most cliche, obvious thing in the world, but a guy like Dwayne Casey who came to Detroit and took this job when, you know, Blake Griffin was coming off an all-NBA third team season and Andre Drummond was leading the league in rebounds and, and you you know, you go out and sign Derrick Rose, you make all these moves and everything. Like, he took the job. That, and in his first season, the Pistons did make the playoffs or the eight team got swept. But, you know, he took the job thinking that, they're going to be competitive in the East. And then, you know, flash forward one and a half years later and they're rebuilding. Like, and when we say rebuilding, they are rebuilding, like one yeah. of the worst, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the entire NBA. So that's that. I just think, you know, when he says something this week, Collins, and I love that quote, I love that you brought it up was that, you know, everyone get your licks in now. Cause in two or three years, this team's going to be really good and competitive again, it's coach speak. It sounds sexy. It pleases the fans. It's just something for a headline and something to be written you know by some fantastic writer at the athletic. It is what it is. I don't care because I think he truly believes that, and have, you know it, there have been times this season where I've kind of wondered if he's all in on the rebuild and everything, but I think overall, all things considered, I do think he's going to be the coach when when the Pistons are competitive again, whether or not that's going to be you know to take him to the next level, they hire the next guy and they try to do the whole Caldwell Patricia thing, who knows?
2: yeah. I, by the way, you like Saban Lee. How much do you like Saban Lee? Do you, are you at the point where you've convinced yourself you're like, maybe Saban Lee's better than Killian Hay? Is it the classic sports or not? You're not no, there no, yet? I'm not,
1: I'm not there, but I'll say this, you know, this is a this is outrageous analogy. But the bad boys, you know, my favorite NBA oh team. They, they ran a three guard rotation. So I definitely think, you know, Saban Lee could be your backup point guard slash shooting guard, like Vinny Johnson type guy, just come off the bench and score 10. Like he could absolutely do that for this team in two or three years when they're competitive and stuff.
2: I love saving Lee's shot. Like no, the I way it too. looks, it's so funny.
1: Yeah. It's like, he's out like,
2: I don't know. It's, I love it. It's like an old school release. Bay's like, that's a
1: kind of weird shot too. Like he, he kicks his legs out weird kind of. Who? Sadiq You Sadiq Bey. He likes Sadiq, Sadiq, Sadiq,
2: Sadiq it's, no, it's Steph, it's Steph Curry and Sadiq Bey, Two quickest releases in the league. Sadiq Bey gets that thing out of his hands in two seconds. It's unbelievable.
1: He's a G man. He knows what he's doing. I will also, say, before Smith. we
2: move on for Pistons, Mason Plumlee, like I, I'm going to teach you how to shoot free throws. I can't watch you do them anymore.
1: By the way, Dennis Smith Jr. is one assist away from a triple-double. He has 10, 10, and 9. a boy. That's pretty impressive. I guess that's fairly impressive. It's a Draymond green s triple-double. Dude, he's not good. Whatever. I'm just he, – he's just not good. I, I plays hard. He's a compiler. Yeah. He's scrappy. I like him. He embodies Detroit, but that's also why I like Isaiah Stewart a lot more. One last point I want to bring up about the Pistons is: you look at a game tonight, as we record, just under five minutes left. Pistons up twenty on the Raptors, a good team. So you're thinking, you know, like why are you winning this game? Like you should be losing these games and tanking, especially since Jeremy Grant didn't play tonight. But dude, you know the reason you can sort of sleep at night is because you look at this game and it's like, okay, you know, Collins, we just threw a little shade at Dennis Smith Jr., but it is what it is. He had a great game tonight. You know, Sadiq Bay had another seven points. Uh, Seiko got a lot of play time. Like, it just so you have to take, you have to roll with the punches a little bit. And I guess that's just what I want to remind people of. Like, be patient. This team's not going to lose every game. You know, when it's all said and done, especially in this back half of the season, the Pistons are going to be right there with that one third of a chance for the number one pick or whatever, however the lottery works. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that when it gets a lot closer. But
2: that's I, I don't know. I don't think it matters. If you're matter. like, they're going to be a top three worst record, TB, right? Yeah. Like the way it's, it's like – and there's not that much competition for that because I, the league is a lot more competitive, I guess, at the back end of the West and – not the East, because there's a lot of bad teams in the East, but the back end of the West, like there's not a lot of teams in the West that are in the mitts or Lottery. So, Pistons, no, no, it's,
1: it's just the Timberwolves. The, the Pistons have the second worst record right now. And even with the yeah. night, it's still going to be the second worst record. So,
2: yeah. I, and, and I think the Timberwolves eventually will rip off a couple of wins once Cat is
0: consistently in that lineup.
2: But whatever. Go Pistons.
0: All right. Well, let's stay in the arena uh, and we'll go to the Red Wings here. before I like we move into Tigers. I like that
1: a lot. I don't think we can ever not go from Pistons to Red Wings ever again, because that was a great transition.
0: Stay in the arena. Yeah. Move down the hallway. Um, but yeah, uh, Detroit Red Wings, we sit now at 7-15-3. Um, there really has not been too much of the story that has changed with the Red Wings. Um, I guess I guess a couple notable things, um, and, and I guess this kind of goes more to the overarching theme of this Red, Ring, Red Wings rebuild. Um, Red Belt- Wings. Oh, Red sorry. Wings. I can't hear the song right now. Okay, um, sorry. <laughs> the, uh, the Wings have put Valtteri Filpula on waivers as of today. Um, you've seen them do this with guys like the Kaiser. I believe Nielsen was also on waivers this year. Um, with the intention of just making the transaction to put these guys on the taxi squad. Um, so far, every, every waiver transaction has been successful. Thank um, but, God. But what I, what I, <laughs> what I think this should show you as a wings fan is, you know, I always sit here and complain, like we need to see the young guys get some run. Um, and you've seen Evgeny Sveshnikov got called up and I believe he's now played in three games. He had three points in his first two games. Uh, goal and an assist in his first game with the big club this year, which is awesome to see. Um, and he was fired up too. And you could tell on his post-game press conference that um really just relieved, I guess, that, that he was able to be productive in his first game. I believe he played with like, I think he played with Nielsen. And I don't know who he played with Nielsen and like Helm or something. It wasn't a very good line. It was probably like the third or fourth line, um, but still, let's see them be productive. I think Nielsen got a couple points on that night, too, um, with Sveshnikov being on that line. So um, he'll be in the lineup going forward, it looks like, which is great. But back to my original point is you've seen Steve Eiserman could really give less than a shit about these older guys and, and getting them minutes because he's making – I mean, I think Valtier Because he's watched
2: them for a year. Is it, they stink.
0: Well, I mean, I, <laughs> when you when you look at that, like, older – that older collection of players – um, I think Valtteri Filippula has probably been one of your more productive ones. Um, not that he's been all that productive with just five points in 20 games, but I mean, it's at least nice to see that he's willing to, to take that risk of, of sending a guy to waivers. Not that anyone's going to claim Valtteri Filippula, um, but uh, it's just, again, more of a commitment to see the young guys play. So I guess notables from this team is like a, you know, good for Evgeny Svechnikov. Um, I think everyone was kind of pumping his tires a bit and just glad to see that he's had some success. And he's a guy that should stay up. I mean, that was the whole point of you signing him for that one-year deal. Um, you know, he, he's got a he's got a bad knee coming off that ACL surgery from two years ago, but uh, at least he's shown that he can be productive. I mean, I think he's got a lot of components to his game that the Red Wings are looking for as far as a guy that can play the ice, you know, the 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 entire uh the entire length of the ice on, in all three zones, which he does. I think he has a knack for putting the puck in the net when um, he's playing with the right line. So I'd like to see him stick around. I know people kind of have this gripe with Steve Eiserman as far as sending guys like Giovanni Smith down and Michael Rasmussen, who is coming back up. Um, and I don't know if he'll be playing in tomorrow's game. Do they play tomorrow? I don't know if he's going to be playing in, uh, in the game tomorrow against the hurricanes or not, but, um, He seems to be getting called up. I want to take a look real quick, too, at the Grand Rapids Griffins, who are now – their season is now underway. Uh, Leading the team for the Griffins right now, Riley Barber, who's a guy that I thought might have had the chance to make the team out of camp um, with 12 points in eight games. So, good for him. He's 27 years old. So, I don't know if that's a guy that you're looking to bring him up right away. I mean, look, the guy's got seven goals in eight games. So, for a team that really lacks scoring production, I mean, he is – far and away your best goal scorer on that club. So I'm not sure if that's in the plans to bring him up or whatnot. I would say the best thing that you can, that you can look at from this Grand Rapids Griffins team, Dennis Chalowski, eight points in eight games, Taro Harosi, eight points in five games. You love to see it just to see a guy like Dennis Chalowski, who was kind of on that bubble of like, was he going to make the roster out of camp? Are you going to keep him on the taxi squad? It looks like they made the right move by sending him down to play in the AHL. Um, and to see his offensive production, because we do know he has offensive upside. The problem is when it comes to his defensive play, um, he has a minus two right now in eight games, which is like, it is what it is. I think they're winning like nine to four right now to the Griffin. So um, good to see that, that you're getting some, you're, you're getting your guys that uh, you want to see take some steps in and Hiroshi and Chalowski or, or making a case to insert themselves back up into the big club. Um, so all good on that front. I guess looking at this team now, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we're at the, we're at that point in the Red Wing season where it's just Groundhog Day. Like you don't have to really watch the game, and you can just assume they're going to lose. They'll, they've they've won a couple a couple decent games here. I mean, you beat the Predators five to two. Uh, I think that was last week, um, which that's the team that's right above you in the standings. Um, you had a nice win against the Blackhawks five to three on Saturday, and then you come back the next night and get throttled seven to two. That, that game, wasn't pretty. That game really, really got out of hand in the third period. And I think the score does not reflect uh, the game all that much. Cause you know, it, it just happens. Um, you lose the Blackhawk or I'm sorry, the Blue Jackets yesterday, four to one, that Black, that Blue Jackets team is going to be dangerous down the stretch. Let me tell you right now, you bring in Lina, you get rid of uh, a PLD, you bring in Jack Roslovich who has completely rejuvenated his career. And I don't mean to say like he was a bum, but just the guy that really wasn't able to stick in Winnipeg because um, just of how loaded they are up front. But um, that team could be dangerous down the stretch. I mean, as it sits right now, I mean, obviously the Tampa Bay lightning is, is in my opinion, far and away the best team in this division, the hurricanes too. And I believe I said this when the wings first saw the hurricanes right off the jump here, it's going to be a tough team to play against. That brought back pretty much everyone on the roster um, they're knocking on the door right there with with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Pampers are right there as well. And then you look at the Blackhawks. I mean, you look at the top four teams in this division um, and the Blue Jackets are kind of the grocery stick in between the top and the bottom. I, I think that you'll probably see them make a push somewhere down the stretch. They got two great goalies as well as in Mers Lincolns and Corpusalo. So um, back to the team that we actually care about in the Red Wings. Um, tough situation right now. I mean, Dylan Larkin has been banging up the last few games. I don't know if he'll be playing tomorrow night, uh, with an upper body injury inside sources say it's an elbow, right, wrong, or indifferent an elbow, um, Robbie Fabry's down too. Tyler Bertuzzi hasn't played in a while. Um, so with all those things considered, um, I, I mean, that's, it, it's tough when you really don't have the weapons on the roster, like, a lot of these other teams do, and the weapons that you do have aren't able to play. I would say the most disappointing so far um, this year for me has been Phillips Adina. Six points in 18 games. I mean, he's looked on. better, though, Rabs. I think he's look, eye
2: test wise, the six or seven games I've watched them, this year he has looked noticeably better than he was last year
0: yeah well i mean i would i would i would hope that he would take a stride i mean i i don't think that he's he's looked bad at just uh, from a matter of of production i mean you're you kind of i think when you drafted philip sedina and and he kind of fell into your lap a bit and dropping off and i think initially he was projected to go at three and he dropped to you at six if i'm not mistaken uh, but you are you are looking at him to be a guy that, that's that got a, a a great release on his shot and the guy that's going to be able to score goals for you at the NHL level. And he's still a young kid. But the thing the thing is now with making that excuse of like he's still a young kid is you see these kids come into the league now at 18, 19 years old. And they're fun to watch and they're exciting and they're explosive. I that Sadine is not fun to watch, but it's like six points in 18 games for me it really doesn't do it for me. I know this team is not a team full of guys that are just lighting up the score sheet every night. I mean, Bobby Ryan leads your team in points with 13 through 24 games, him and Mantha are tied for the, for the team leading goals at six. Um, But other than that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I don't really have much to offer you as far as wings talk because it just it just is what it is. They I mean, suck
2: to watch. They're just not fun to watch.
0: Well, yeah, because they. I mean, they're offensively offensively they're pretty inept. Um, when I was watching that game, puck possession Chicago, is not a thing
2: with this Detroit Red Wings team.
0: Well, that's Definitely. and that's and again, that's it's hockey is a game of puck possession and puck protection. Shout out Jim Lewis. Um, but I, it's just not a team that, that is really competent on the four check. They don't do a great job of holding pucks in as far as being able to cycle the puck and get guys open and and create down low. It's just a matter of, but it just kind of turns into like a dump and chase game and teams break out really easily on them. And when you watch the game against Carolina tomorrow night, it'll be the same story it has a great defensive core. That's how they beat the wings when they played them earlier this year. And at least the first, uh, first two games of the season, just as far as the wings, not being able to establish a four check and the Carolina breaks it out. Like it's nothing with great speed coming back down the ice. But um, I mean, you just are what you are. You are what you are is the red wings. You got guys that are banged up. I think the goaltending has been fine. Jonathan Bernie with a nine one three save percentage. I mean, you only have six wins on the year two, when you have seven wins total. So it's just another story of like, this is just red wings hockey right now. They're not, they're not tremendous at, at defending, and they sure as hell don't score many goals, so you kind of leave your goalies out to dry. Um, Philip Romanos kind of come on as of late too. He's got ten assists in twenty-five games this year. Um, I, I just keep looking down the stat sheet, and like nothing really jumps out at me. I mean, I don't. I, I think Luke Lindening is is a name that's kind of been brought up in in trade talks because of his production in the faceoff. That he's he's one of the best faceoff takers um, in the entire league. Uh, which is great for him. Um, so I know his name's been brought up. I know Collins, you wanted to, you wanted to talk about some uh, some stuff with other guys being involved in trade talks um, as well if you want to get into that. I'll say this. What's it
2: called? quickly before we move on from the wins because I don't think anyone wants to talk about how bad this team is for that long. But there was a rumor basically that says Eisman's willing to give up Tyler Bertuzzi or Anthony Mantha. And we made it pretty obvious on the last couple episodes how we feel about Anthony Mantha. Would you feel, how would you feel if the wins moved on for Bertuzzi?
0: Um, I mean, the, the, the thing with Tyler Bertuzzi is that you, you're asking him to play a role in your top six and really to, on this team to be a first line forward. And I think, I mean, you look at Bertuzzi before he, before he got hurt, the guy's got seven points in nine games, five of those being goals. Um, so, I think that Tyler Bertuzzi, given the way that he plays the game and he, he you know, he's just, just like, he, he kind of looks like one of those guys that you just assume would be a third or fourth, fourth line guy that just bangs bodies. And really he's, he's developed this game to a point where he he's shown that he has goal scoring ability. I think he works really well with Dylan Larkin because he allows, he, he can open Larkin up a bit because we always talk about Dylan Larkin needing that guy to like go on the corners and get pucks for him to whether Larkin then creates off of, off of that first man in, or if he can just score the puck himself. But I think Tyler Bertuzzi, when you, when you talk about two way forwards and power forwards in this league is a guy that's really under the radar that plays a complete game. He's tough. He's gritty. Um, I think that he really embodies what Detroit Red Wings hockey like needs and has historically had in the past, with some of your like grittier guys. Um, so do I think that he necessarily has the ceiling that Anthony Mantha does No, but I will say Anthony Mantha, as we talk about every single week, the guy's a minus 14. Like the next closest guy on your team is a minus eight. That says something. The fact that he's on the ice almost twice as much as your next guy when it comes to goals against like, and I don't mean to, to pick on the guy. It's just like, I don't, there's some nights where he goes out there and, and, and everyone's starting to see it now. It's like, does the guy even want to lazy dude he's lazy here and I and to be to have that kind of frame and have that kind of shot and it's like dude like you play such a perimeter game man if I if I was six four six five with the shot that you did you can be dangerous you know And, and and especially in today's NHL like if you're not competent in your own end you have no chance against some of these higher skilled guys. Like the game is so fast and guys are so good and tight that if, if you can't defend in your own end and you can't get pucks out you're not tough on the half wall and and, and you can't get pucks behind the other team's defensemen like there's, it, it's, it's tough to get you minutes. I mean, you have to, you have to have, your your two way game developed in a way that Anthony Manta just really hasn't taken that step, and I don't know if it's just because he's not capable of it, if he doesn't care, or or, or what it what it may be. I mean, I think Anthony. Manta, it's,
2: it, can I make a point? I think yeah. you did him and Blashel clearly don't jive, and I think I like I think you got to move Mantha like eventually, and you already it, it's like moving it's not the same scenario, but it's kind of like moving Stafford, where you know he's to be productive in that team he is. Because if he gets the right guy in his ear or he's playing around really good talent, I think he could be productive because he's just that talented. But-
0: yeah, he could. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, you have to look at on this right Wings team, Anthony Manta for the last it feels like handful of years has been looked at like, like you have to be the guy. Like that's why I think it's so frustrating for me to watch playing on the first line against guys. That, like you, you look at some of these first lines around the league. It's like, like, dude, you don't really play up to the standard that some of these guys do. And I know the standard's pretty high when it comes to first-line talent in the NHL, but it, it, it's just it, – it's kind of a product of circumstance and that Anthony Mantis had to be, like, the guy, if not Dylan Larkin, for this team. And maybe you're right, Collins, maybe it's it's a different voice that, that he needs or just – or players around him that take some of the pressure off of him. But, you know, either way, man, I, I did like some of the some nights you just watch him and it's just it's just tough to watch. He's been he, he's had some good games, though. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and knock him like the guy goes out there and is just an absolute liability. Because he's he, I mean, I mean, being dash 14, I got to say it's seems he's pretty close to me using that word. But like, I don't know I, I, if back to your question, I would definitely rather trade Anthony Manta because I think his. I I think think his value around well his value around the league is probably also I mean it's also higher than Tyler Bertuzzi so I know there was a brief stint where his name came up as like would you trade Manta in a second rounder um, or something of the sort for Pierre Luc Dubois Um, and in my answer to that I'm well I'm completely flip flop flip flopping here is like absolutely yes because I mean good quality centers are hard to come by in the NHL because you know, teams rarely, teams rarely, rarely trade them. Um, you know, they're, they're sometimes, I mean, in the draft, like they, they're very, very highly touted in the draft. So if you don't get one um, it's not like teams are letting these guys go, that can, they can play top six center minutes. So um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's your wings for you. I don't really have much else to say. Um, they play Carolina tomorrow, which would be Thursday. Um, they're starting to let more fans back into LCA. So I guess that's good for everyone that, People can start enjoying the teams once again. Um, but other than that, that's all I got to say about the wings. And now we can move down the street and outside to Comerica Park. Well, I guess there is. Let that me summer. in the stadium.
2: They're gonna we'll be in
0: there. We'll be in there this. They're summer. Gonna. We'll be. Now, in did you see
2: a thousand people in the forty thousand person stadium? Is that the number they came up with?
0: That's insane. Am I right? Am I crazy? It's outside. Well, I. You, I'll tell you what, Colin. You can go watch some. Uh, you can go watch whatever you want in Texas because on March 10th they're opening up. No, holds they're not guard. actually going to do that, though.
2: He's just like saying that
0: they won't be allowed to do that. But that'd be unreal.
2: I mean, yeah, I'll go to Texas. You know, I mean, I'm really young. Hard.
0: You can go watch a nice Rangers game, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't read anything about. I also think too, like they're not coming back to Comerica for another like what month? So I don't know to make the call. Like only a thousand people seated in an outdoor stadium. In summer, like, yeah, let's maybe we can reevaluate that. But either way, um, Tigers right now are two and two down in Lakeland in the grapefruit league. Uh, I believe they lost, was it today? They lost four to two against the Phillies. But, um, some positives from this game today Daniel Norris, two great scoreless innings. Um, Matt Manning, two great scoreless. Do you, innings. Do
2: you own He's a up. Daniel Norris fan page that we don't know about yet? No. This is a burner. No,
0: I wish though. I wish <laughs> I love Daniel Norris. I mean, he had, what do you want me to say? He had two great he No, he like was great. I'm just messing
2: with you. I know how much like, you love him. That's why
0: you're was... like 22 pitches. I love the guy. Um, I think he had two strikeouts as well. Um, but Nico Goodrum had two of the five hits for the Tigers today. Um, who else Buck Farmer was your guy that gave up, uh, I believe he gave up all four runs today. So, uh, he's not a great for ERA, not a great, not a great look for Buck. Um, but I, I will say the first, the first two games for this Tigers team, I think they won like both like seven and eight games against the Phillies. Their at bats are so much better. Like they're 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 getting deeper in the counts. They're walking. Like I think Riley Green started today. I believe he walked on like six pitches with a great at bat to start his game. Stolen base too for Riley Green. It, it just seems like the team's a bit more buttoned up. Um, they they they've been hitting the ball fairly well through the first four games. Um, so I, I have to say, I, I was very critical and skeptical of the AJ Hinch hiring because I try to be a class character, heart attitude, effort, hustle guy. I, and I just, just above I, your, yeah, yeah, your standards guy.
1: Well, I just, you oh, know, it so it's Rick's
0: so, at 2am. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a new
1: thing. This is not a new thing that Rabs is like the old man of the podcast. Like every time there's a situation where a guy is celebrating a touchdown a little too flat point.
0: <laughs> I don't know about just, that. He
2: said, "You know what? No use to hand the ball
0: just to the rep." Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know, but I, but I I think the more and more that I, in the little glimpses that I that I've watched the team just looking a bit more competent at the plate, and it just seems like. Having a guy like AJ Hinch, who has had proven success and has had proven success, taking a team that was nothing into a World Series champion, I feel good about it. I I have some I have some confidence now in this group that whoever they put out there on a daily basis, and I actually think too, I, I have to imagine that I'm gonna be a lot happier with the lineups that A.J. Hinch is putting out there versus like Ron Gardenhire just like refusing to play Victor Reyes so like certain guys could get reps that have no business being in the outfield or just things like that that would just bother me and piss me off just of, of, of guys not playing where they should be and when they should be playing and how much they should be playing. So I don't know. I'm excited. I'm not going to, to, to sit here and try to sell you like, oh, yeah, I've watched like an hour total of Tigers baseball through their four games of uh, – spring training like here's my big grandiose uh opinion I won't tell that to you but
2: storylines for spring training I think we kind of already talked about this I want to see what they're doing at the first base and third base position this year because I think that's an interesting storyline going in this season um second base is Stope and Willie Castro see how Willie Castro in his second year I think that's a storyline and then who are your corner outfielders and do you mismatch Jatoby Jones and Victor Reyes out in center field? And then you let the, some of the other guys you signed like uh Mazara and some other guys. And I'm trying to think who else would be in left. I don't know. I'm interested to see what their outfield construction is going to be throughout the year. And how are the young guys looking? Because Casey Mize, he, uh, how many, I don't know how much he went the first time he went, he looked really good sometimes. And then he looked really bad sometimes. So just a continued development of those guys. But I, I've been saying this for a very long time. I think the Tigers are going to be the second best team in AL Central this year. Oh. I truly believe oh. that,
1: Collins. I'm with you. I'm with you a thousand percent. I and, really- I, and, and yeah, I, I've
2: been drinking the juice the last three years and all that stuff. But like, I just think this roster it, it is starting to grow up a little bit. And, and you saw production in what was it a sixty game season? And I understand. It's out a travel to one sit C2, but they, there was promise. I, there was promise. And a plen- I just think if this team could get a little, up. like if this team could get one of those pitchers and I, I've given up on Matt Boyd, I'm not even going to waste my time with that, but like say a miser screwball, it's just like, he's got it. Like something like that. And then you, you have some other help. Maybe you throw Daniel Norris in there in this bullpen, which I think is not horrible. Like, they weren't horrible for the majority of last year. Like, Joe Joe Minnis was the only guy that really disappointed me last year. And the bullpen's, like, pretty solid like it was last year. I just think they could be pretty good. Like, I really do. And I and, yeah. and you're not even counting on guys like Miggy to have a big year. Like, if Miggy plays well, that's gravy. I really believe that because I think everyone's kind of slotted Miggy He's like, he's going to bat like 270, 260. He's going to have his RBIs. The power numbers are going to be down. So, and, and if he gives you more than that, it's gravy. And, and, and you expect lower years from Victor Reyes and Willie Castro, but, like, I don't know. There's I'm very excited to watch Tiger's baseball. That's what I'm saying. Let me into America. I, I want one of those tall dacheries so bad. I, I I want to sit on the Pepsi porch. I want to have a peanut. I want to have a hot dog. Maybe get the Tony Dog pizza from Little Caesars in the stadium and, and like, go to the bathroom six times a game. But I I just – I can't wait to watch Tigers baseball.
1: You know what? I got to give a shout out to Chris McCoskey, fantastic writer for the Detroit Tigers beat writer. Uh, He basically said a couple days ago, you know, he covers the team very closely and he tweeted out, you know, I'm going to give my annual warning to everybody. You can read into spring training lineups and, 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 you know, playing time as much as you want. It very rarely carries over, you know, like carbon copy, Your opening day roster and whatever, so I just I I I don't pay too much attention to this kind of stuff, but it is it is enough to get you excited. And you know, Collins, the thing with Miggy, the the crazy thing is when we as you know the Tigers enter this rebuild, it just you it's crazy that Miggy's finally you're at that point where he only has like two years left on his contract, and like you're just riding him out at this point, and you got to enjoy him while he's here. And Collins, you're right, you got to be content with him hitting like two hundred or two, two 30, it's fine. But there, there, you guys pretty much nailed it. And I won't, I won't go too in depth about it. There are just so many fun question marks, storylines, things to watch with this team. There really are everywhere, every single position. There's a question, you know, the outfield is the biggest one for me personally, but also like the middle infield and, you know, first and third Rabs, you talked about it. Um, and, and the pitching rotation, Collins, I think Tarek Scoople is going to be that guy. Who, who just clicks this year. I really well, do. I think yeah. I, like, one more year away, but I think Scooble this year becomes like a, like a fourth guy in your rotation. I really do.
2: I don't know. I rabs. I'm curious, because I know you watched basically every game last year too. and I know yeah. you did too TB, but when you look at the storyline, I, I, I mean, do you, it's the outfield or is it like first and third? Cause me, me and you and TB talked about first and third so much last year.
0: I mean, to me, to me, it's the outfield as far as my, my question marks. I just think when it comes to, when it comes, here's the thing, here's the thing. And this is again, why, why I go back to my point of how I think that I'm going to be much more satisfied with the lineups that, that AJ Hinch puts out. Jamer con is your everyday third baseman. I, 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 I think back to like last year with Gardy and I get that he was playing candy at first because he wanted him in the field field still. He was trying to get like Parade some run at third base. He was trying to get other guys in the mix. I get it. And you didn't want to have Mickey playing first base, but A.J. Hinch has already said, we talked about it a million times that Mickey's going to play some first this year. And Torkelson started at first. I, I don't know if he started, but he played first base today for the Tigers in the spring training game. So I don't know if the mindset completely flipped when A.J. Hinch came aboard as far as what Spencer Torkelson's future is going to be. And that's a guy who, again, is you know, he's a couple of years away from being with the big club, but I just think like Nico Goodrum's a guy that you can play at first base every day if you want. And I'm fine with that. I, I'm I would rather him play first base every single day and have Jamer Condelario play third. And then you mix Miggy in at first, the outfield is like you have Victor Reyes, who you saw some awesome flashes of last year, you bring in Robbie Grossman. So it's like, okay, is Robbie Grossman going to play for you every day in center field? Because you also have Jacoby Jones and you have Daz Cameron, who you are trying to get in the mix too. Um, and, and so to me, you know, and like, I know like Harold Castro can play the outfield a bit. I know Willie was a lot better and Willie's, even though Willie can play in the outfield, he's more of like a middle infield type guy. Yeah. Um, but who, who is, and then you have Mazzara. Mazzara is the other guy too in the outfield. So that's where the question mark, lies for me. I think the what about, difference. What
1: about Derrick Hill? Isn't that guy going to get a little run? Well, no, he
2: stinks. I... Derrick Hill is terrible. They've if been trying to, him like, last he year. play
1: a good amount towards the end of last season? They played him, and you're like, this guy's got
2: the worst bat I've ever seen for a first-rounder. Sorry. The,
1: the only reason, no, you're okay. The only reason I ask is because, you no know, Rabs, not to cut you off, but I just want to elaborate on what you just said. Like, I'm writing down the names here in the outfield. You got Christian Stewart, Daz Cameron, Victor Reyes, Robbie Grossman, Jacoby Jones, Derrick Hill, and Mazzara. So my thing is this and I don't think it takes a genius to, to see this, this equation gets a lot clearer if you cross off Christian Stewart. Just cross him off. He's done. He's not good. He's gotten two and a half years of chances, and he, he hasn't shown you any promise. He's, he's bombs or he's strikeouts, and he hits 130. So I'll pass. So I think you've got you to scratch him off the list. And I'll say with a hand up, he was my guy going into last season. I don't know if you guys remember. I was no, like, I liked him a lot. I, I wanted him to get run and, and be good. Yeah, no, because cause he has like a he has power, but he can't hit consistently. And then he's actually a below average, dare I say, well below average defensive uh, fielder. So you just to me, he's crossed off the list, man. Like he, he's gonna be on the opening day roster. I get it. He's gonna be on your roster, and he's probably just gonna be there to eat. You know, uh, maybe, like, come in, you know, when they do those weird shifts in, like, the eighth inning, like, he'll just come in for the rest of the game. Like, it's weird. Maybe he'll do some of that stuff. But, Rabs, you're exactly right. Victor Reyes needs to play almost every single day. Daz Cameron needs to get some run. You just signed Robbie Grossman, so you expect him to get some run. Jacoby Jones was fantastic. He was your best player before he went down last season. So this is another area. And then you got Hill and Mazzara, who will just get get their PT. So this is another area where well, you guys are exactly right. I just wanted to bring up like everyone's name specifically. That's the biggest question mark and the biggest thing to watch for this team, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, you also have to factor in the fact that you'll probably see Riley Green at some point this year too. So again, not to not to just continue to beat the dead horse, but that's that's what I'm looking at. I mean, I think, you know, you just you look at the rest of the, of the roster and, and the depth chart when it comes to the to defense of the linemen. And like, I think you kind of know where everyone's at and who's going to be playing where and, and how much time, I mean, at least in my mind, as far as is how things look on the infield, I just think, yeah, out, outfield wise, I don't know. I, I, is, I got this feeling too that like, Okay, if Victor Reyes can prove to be solid again this year and, and he's your left fielder and you're gonna play Robbie Grossman in center field because you just paid him to come over. That's gonna be a guy that's probably gonna play almost every day. And then you look over to right field, and I think that's really that's really the spot is like who's gonna be your right fielder? Is it Daz Cameron? Do you want Daz Cameron to be your everyday center fielder? Like is Riley Green gonna play right? It seems like Riley Green will probably be the right field guy. Of the future, but I'll tell you the name that like I'm looking at now is Jacoby Jones, man. I I, he's he's no, he can't take him out of center, but he's had that's I'm saying he's had some some really nice stretches of of being great at the plate. I think he's a he's a pretty well above average defender in center field, but it's just. Maybe they move Grossman to right field. Maybe that's where they plan on playing him. Maybe they just shouldn't have
1: signed him. I don't mean to be so cynical, but it's just, man, there are too many mouths to feed in the outfield right now, especially the guys.
2: Trust Hedge, baby. Trust the process. I do. I do. What a a trustworthy guy. Yeah. Yeah. All morals with this guy. Loves the game of baseball. Also, shout out Jim Leland for literally going to the
0: spring training game with his shoes off. Respect. Nice. Um but yeah that's Tigers obviously it's uh we're only at four games into spring training so we'll have to pump the brakes a bit stop getting so excited well uh well will actually I shouldn't say stop getting so excited Tigers baseball's back so get it's, excited
1: just like get excited off, run around yeah. the
0: house let's go actually get excited yeah um all right Trent do we have a trifecta before we end the show today of course we do all
1: right. Of when course,
0: when first ready. of
1: all, since this is my little segment with the floor, I want to give an update on something I said earlier in the show. Dennis Smith Jr. and Mason Plumley both finished with a triple double. First Pistons teammates to do it since 1964. Wow! That's- really? There you go. Yes, That's Dennis.
2: Smith cool. What two legends Jr. to get it? People remember that.
1: Dennis Smith Jr. had 10 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. Mason Plumlee had 14 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. So neither was – Mason
2: Plumlee, work on your free throws. I can't – like, can we get – like, uh, I don't know what that we can get to stabilize his legs when he shoots, but he looks like – he looks like a – no one always sunny when they – like a quite D's dancing to those, like, things at the car washes where they're just flopping around – like It's like, come get your car at a used car thing." those little things. That's how Mason Plumley looks shooting
1: free throws. Okay, I co-sign. Collins, that was, an ex- that was an exceptional analogy. Thank um, you. All right, Trent Trifecta, thanks for coming. Welcome in. How are we doing? Uh, number Question number one, we have two sports-related questions of the three, which is always fun. Um, number one, we are all Michigan State guys. Does Michigan State get one of these games against Michigan? Do you think they win? At least one.
2: Um, I don't think they're gonna win tomorrow. Uh, I'll say they do. They've just been really tough. Yeah. And I know Michigan's really, really good. I just like I don't know. It just it seems like a thing Izzo does to get them into the tournament. I'm right. just not and whatever. I I have weird confidence in this team now that if they get into the tournament, they're gonna win at least a game. Because be- I, I at least Be, it's just, they, Aaron Henry's a really tough matchup. If you haven't seen him play, that's what I'm saying. Like these, days, I, I could easily see him losing too, but I lean on the side that they'll win one because they're playing a rival twice in four days, but like in long-term Michigan state in the tournament, like if they get any sort of point guard play, they're like, I think on the grade of like a March Madness, they're a sixth seed. They just are. Yeah, it's a one piece are missing, and you started to kind of see it. It wasn't there, and it's Indiana, but I don't know. I I I'm going into
0: a longer tangent than I had, but I, I think they get one. Uh sure, they can get one. I mean, they're not going to win both. I no. I I mean, I could see them getting blown out both games too. I don't even know. I don't know what to tell you. I I haven't been able to get a good feel on like. What this team is capable of, because I've seen them play great basketball and I've seen them play horrible basketball this year. Yeah. So I mean, sure, can can they get one? It's
1: going to like, be ugly. if yeah. they
2: win a game and it's Michigan. It's going to be like a fifty to fifty game. Yeah. And they hit the last shot. It's going to be ugly.
1: Here's my thing: is if Michigan State is going to win one of these games, they have to make it ugly. Turnovers and like just hard no. They can't
2: turn the ball, dude. Michigan State turns the ball over more than any like blue blood program out like. Anyone who's like actually good at basketball consistently, you just watch Michigan State turn the ball over 15 times a game, and they like somehow still win.
1: Yeah, well, okay. As a Michigan State guy, I actually like Jawan Howard. I think everyone kind of does. Like he's he's like, a he's like a really good coach. He's a likable dude. And he's a really good coach, and you can make a very strong case for him as well as Baylor's head coach for coach of the year, national coach of the year. But in a two-game series, which this essentially is, I'm still going to ride with Tom Izzo because he's proven, never proven why I shouldn't and my my quick spiel on why I think the Spartans could win is because they, I think they could win tomorrow at the Chrysler Center number one because Isaiah Livers isn't going to be 100% and he actually might not even play number two I think you know the Michigan's biggest thing is they play through, even when
2: Michigan State playing Hoyberg
1: oh uh, boy yeah I don't know about that uh, but but obviously you know Dickinson is the man so he's awesome but, but other than that they don't have other playable bigs really they got austin davis that's he's there. fine
2: he's playable well,
1: he's fine but he's what is he a fifth year
2: yeah i mean i would rather take austin davis on my team right now than what michigan state has the big consistently i'll say that
1: what i was going to say though collins is if you look at you know that they're so michigan essentially has two bigs that they ride with michigan state has like six and like, yeah, but
2: none of them are that good
1: well i'll say this though marcus bingham played exceptional defense on trace jackson he was big- awesome last Indiana. night Trace Jackson Davis, if you don't remember, dropped 34 points against Michigan State in their first meeting two weeks ago. And then, you know, last night against uh, against Indiana, Marcus Bingham held him to nine. So was he crying
2: the... on the bench? Did anyone else see that? Who? <laughs> uh, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. Like he got like, he, it was like one of those things where he was getting mad at the huddle and they like showed it after the break. And I was like, see, he, he's like one of those guys who gets so mad he cries. Like everyone has that friend. Whenever they yeah, get mad, yeah. they get, they're like, <laughs> Come
0: on, guys! Just, <laughs> yeah, they start we like just hold-
2: stop right start, here. Yeah, right they start
0: like is that like holding their breath and like just like yeah. Everyone's shaking.
2: like, "Dude, are you all right?" Like, well, I guess we'll go get a stop. Like, don't cry.
1: Yeah, all right. That that I didn't see that because I was. I was <laughs> but I'm gonna have to check that out because that sounds hilarious. But
0: no crying in baseball.
1: Thank you for your answers to that. We'll move it right along. Besides Miguel Cabrera, who is your Tiger? This year, yeah.
2: Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna say candy. I'm a team, can- I loved what Candelario did last year.
1: Let me say real quick before before, rabs you go, I got this idea because I saw the local Brandon Inge commercial on the Pistons broadcast. So, there you go,
2: dude. Brandon Inge is like a coach at Michigan. Did you see that? Yeah, can't Brandon Inge. I like he. <laughs> It's like he might have, like, a top, like, 15 recognizable name in Detroit for how – like, be he might have the most recognizable name in Detroit for how – like, you know what I mean? Like, he was the worst player. But if any – you mentioned Brandon Inch, and you're like, oh, Brandon Inch third, had a good glove and had zero home runs in a home run derby. Like, That's immediately. mean I'm Like, it, he has a lot of name recognition.
1: This is what I'm saying. This is why I thought of this question, because he was very well liked for not a ton of good reason. But, Raps, who is your tiger this season? Collins has candy.
0: Daniel Norris. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna be honest though. Here's the thing. Like, yeah, obviously everyone loves Miggy, but there's not a single position player on this team that I'm like in love with. Like the old, Tigers not even Willie Castro. No, like the old, the no, the old Tigers teams that I used to watch growing up. Like, yeah, I had guys like Polanco and like Guillen. Like, like those are guys that you could like be like, oh Carlos yeah, Guillen that's my was guy. my Tiger because he they were so. Because they were, like, so – they were so good. And you just got to pick your guy. Because no matter who your guy was, they were good. I loved – J.D. Martinez was my tiger for a while. But there's, like, no one, like – I don't know. Jacoby Jones doesn't do it for me. Like, Victor Reyes is, like – there's not a lot of personality in this group. That's fair. I will
1: say this. I like Candy.
2: Candy's got personality.
1: personality. I like Candy, too, Collins. Mm -hmm. Riley Green is going to be my guy. I'll tell you that right now. In about two or three years, he's going to be my guy. But right now, it's Greg Soto. You guys remember that from last year. I loved him. I think he should be the closer, but that's not a hero there. We'll move on. Third question in the trifecta, who is your celebrity birthday twin? I know you all know this. No idea. I don't know. I have no is, idea. You guys are so – you know yours? Yeah, let me look yeah, it up. It's the Westbrook and Anne Hathaway. Do you like Anne Hathaway? Uh, she's all right. I thought she did very well as Catwoman. Yeah. No, I, I didn't hate the Prince's
2: Diaries. I didn't hate
0: them. Let me look it up. March 16th.
1: Rabs, I got yours, unless you want to do it.
0: No, Okay, here, I'll, go, I'll start ripping through them. Ready? Richard Nixon, which is tough, tough luck. <laughs> Jimmy Page, not bad. J.K. Simmons. Uh, Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco. There you go. Muggsy Bogues. That's, a That's good my one. guy. That's
1: what I'm going to roll with. Okay, That's okay.
0: my... right. Your... Oh, Bart Starr. Hang on. Bart Starr. Yeah. Uh, Justin Blackman. Is he alive still? Justin Blackman?
2: I don't know. Hope he's doing well.
1: Collins, you got anything?
2: Okay. I actually. Okay. He's number one on my list. There's more famous people than this guy, but the fact that he has the same birthday as me warms my heart. Flavor Flav. Shout out Flavor <laughs> of Love. Love that guy a fantastic show. Blake Griffin has the same birthday as me. Joel Embiid. Alexandra DeAndreau. Daddy, whatever her name. Lauren Graham. Shout out Gilmore Girls. Shout out Lorelei. If anyone's watching Gilmore Girls out there. Probably my sister. No way my sister's listening to this podcast. Um, Eric Estrada. Tim Hardaway Jr. Not thrilled about. Um, mm, I don't know the rest of these people.
1: Alan, that's a pretty good list. Rams, you had a good one too. I got a pretty... Look at this. I'm reading. I'm Who is reading, Brooke
0: Burns?
2: I feel like she is that a famous person?
0: Oh, she's a model. Who knew? I'm it? reading I'm, my list of famous birthdays. I'm on I come. Famous Birthdays. Okay. Janae Icom
2: made some music.
0: FamousBirthdays.com for January 9th. This kid is number 14. Ready? His name is Jackson Meacham. He's a seven year old YouTube star. He's okay. probably more fa- That's probably you richer He's than our parents combined. Yeah. Oh, Dave Matthews was born on January 9th.
2: Are you Daver, Ravs? You seem like a Daver.
0: No, my cousin, my cousin Sydney's a huge DMB guy. Huge. I like
2: Dave Matthews' band. I've
0: never really got, I've never really like totally got into it. I don't know. I, 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 I have to go through his, uh, some of his albums. I know there's some songs by him that I like, or there is I listen to every now and then.
2: Anstro Martian, man. Classic.
1: Well, listen, uh, two others that I forgot to mention, Sammy Sosa and then Collins. This one's for you, Ryan Gosling.
2: Beast, dude. Crazy, crazy, stupid love. Fantastic movie. movie. Also, Sammy movie. Sosa, not talked about enough with Sammy Sosa. His Blue Easton glove that they used to sell for Sammy Sosa was the coolest thing ever. It was that and the Mike Piazza catcher's glove. Two coolest like gloves you could have when you're like 10 or 11 playing baseball.
1: Yeah, the, the blue glove, I'm looking at it right now. I looked it up. That's pretty sweet. The Easton
2: one, and then the Rollins. Look up the Mike Piazza catcher's glove. Anyone who played literally baseball in the like early to mid-2000s knows exactly what I'm talking about. Wait,
1: what about.
0: am I looking up? Sammy
2: Sosa. The Mike, Sammy Sosa blue Easton glove, or the Mike Piazza black Rollins catcher's glove that has the orange outlining on it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Rebs. Piazza. At, at least for the Piazza one. Let me
1: see. I'm looking it up. This is great radio. Oh yeah. Anyways, I didn't know. I, I not oh, Okay. That's it me. for the trifecta. anyways. you guys can keep talking about Mike Piazza and uh, yeah, <laughs> huge
2: Mike Piazza guy too. Yeah.
1: Hey, it was on the cover of Backyard Baseball.
2: Dude, he what? Great video games.
1: Yeah, those were really.
2: I'll tell you one thing. I've had many conversations with. If Ackman Khan is a good player out of the two hole and backyard <laughs> baseball, the guy
0: with the, with the headphones,
2: yeah, the people, you say, like, Yeah, he can't hit. I'm like, I think he's a pretty nice two hitter. And then you got Dante. No, I go Dante Robinson out of the one hole, got Ackman Khan in the two hole. Dante and then three,
1: Robinson didn't he like pop a hot dog before? Yeah, he, he eats a hot yeah. dog for
2: every AB. He loves going A to B, opposite field, every single time because that's how Dante plays, and he plays it to second base.
0: I'll tell you what. Uh, what you got to do there is you go. I like to lead off Pete Wheeler because Pete Wheeler's getting on no matter what. He's yeah, the well, that's like, that, the that, game.
2: That, that's like every here. like
1: every
2: Ernie. time you play backyard baseball and you're like, oh god, Pete Wheeler, he's bunting, and you're like, yeah, and he just, and you just can't yep. get him out. Piss. Pete
0: Wheeler, Pete Wheeler to lead off, Pablo Sanchez in the two hole. Because now all the you see all these MLB teams now are starting to hit their best hitters in the two hole. So you go Pablo two, and then you come back with Jocinda Smith and Keisha Phillips in the heart of your order. Well, so Keisha luck. is yeah, the Keisha's the definition go, of a Keisha. five hitter. No, no, no. She, like, listen,
1: listen, Josinda and Keisha back to back. That yeah, is
0: three. Four. Josinda's not that good though. Dmitri Dmitri Petrovich in the five hole. <laughs>
2: Getting hey. off topic for backyard baseball, though, but backyard football if you had Ernie Steele on your Ernie team Steele at wide receiver, <laughs> receiver, it just wasn't fair. He was literally, he was he like, Kenny, Is
1: Ernie Steele
2: or <laughs> yeah, it's Ken, a great name. Kenny Kalaguchi, the guy in the wheelchair? Unbelievable in backyard basketball, yeah. just didn't just wet balls threes.
1: Hey, did you guys ever play backyard skateboarding? Kind of yes, was-
2: I did. My buddy no, Dalton had know. it up the street, it was so hard.
1: It was really hard. The final boss was Jocinda. What? I don't remember that. I'm pretty sure Jocinda was the final boss.
2: Did you guys have backyard soccer? Yes, of course. Keisha Phillips dominated in that game. (laughs) Dominated.
1: Yeah. Ernie Steele
2: in the net. Dude, Ernie Ernie Steele, other than baseball, was a problem in every game. Just a big Uh, problem.
1: Yeah, he wasn't great at baseball, but that's all right. It's
2: all right, dude. He was a great stretch four, too. God, yeah, I love those one. games. I I love the announcers in backyard sports more than like any sunny day here with you with hot dog. McGee. it's like the most ridiculous <laughs> name, and it's just like the guys like cracking jokes, and you as like a ten year old, you're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, yeah, well, color <laughs> guy. I mean, I this is like, the peak of comedy.
1: It really was. I'm glad we can talk about these things, and everyone just kind of knows what they're talking. Yeah, about. people if you know you know like the, the kids these days it. don't the kids these days if you're listening
2: like, to the pod right now, you should know this.
1: yeah, you definitely should. and yeah, Raf, deep, brought after yeah. this Sanchez, I'm so glad you brought up Pablo Sanchez because if anyone was listening to me and Collins list off like four or five names before Pablo Sanchez in the in the backyard baseball realm, they're probably pissed off well was, Pablo I mean Pablo's
2: just you know. Well, yeah, like, I, know. I, I mean, as guys who actually play the game, you know, Dmitri Petrovich is a good catcher and he could be a good guy <laughs> in the nine hole. Like, but like, uh, everyone's like, oh, what about Pablo? He's all no. Like, sometimes you got to talk about depth. Yeah. Sometimes you got to talk about Amir mm-hmm. and Ahmed Khan, some- Dante Robinson. Like, uh, what, what's
0: the one guy? Mikey William.
2: Like, you got to talk about these guys.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what's the guy, uh, Del Vecchio, Alex Del, Tony Del, Vecchio. Del Vecchio, Tony and his sister? Angelo delvet Angelo De was kind of nice with it, like I at was the of like, Nice cute. with it. Ooh. Not
2: like that. Not come on. Come
1: <laughs> I on. thought she was cute.
0: Oh my okay, god. Okay, okay. All right. End the okay. show. Or okay. die. <laughs> I don't yeah. like the, I don't <laughs> like the going here. True. Yeah. I don't need Trent hitting on uh twelve year old virtual computer game base.
1: I was twelve. I, I was twelve at the time. Come on. That's yeah, still yeah. weird. What are what are you saying? What's,
0: All right. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. We're done. Motown Rundown, it's over. You're Trent Bally and Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. Submit any questions, comments, or suggest topics for the show at Motown underscore Rundown on Twitter or on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. Don't miss a single episode of the show. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. New episodes every Thursday. We'll see you next time.